Welcome to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book, with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. Hi, I'm Mandy Vale, and my latest cookbook is Ikaria, Food and Life in the Blue Zones. What if there was a place, an idyllic island, where residents don't go to gyms, don't take pills, or adhere to fad diets, and yet they live longer and have a quality of life many of us could only envy? This amazing place is in the Aegean Sea, and it's called Ikaria, a beautiful Greek island named after Icarus, a mythological figure who fell into the surrounding sea when his wax wings melted in the sun. I first learned of Ikaria from you and this gorgeous cookbook. When did you first learn of Ikaria? Well, Susie, for me, it would have been about five or six years ago, and I was just doing some research into the Mediterranean diet, which I'm very, very interested in, um, coming from a big Greek background as well. And I just stumbled across some um, work and interviews and things about Ikaria and the Blue Zones. And... I delved more into that because it was just fascinating. I want to learn more about the food and what it was that they were eating that was, um, as, you know, helping with their longevity. But um, even when I found out about the food and learned more about the food, there was so much more I learned about the joy of Ikaria. So it's been said that this island is the most shining example of all the blue zones. What exactly is a blue zone? The blue zones are places in the world that have been identified where people are living a very long life, either free or with very literal um, chronic disease. So it's um, they're living a long life, you know, many residents over 80, 90, over 100, but living a really healthy life. So there are five places in the world that have been identified, and they are Ikaria, obviously, from Greece, Sardinia, Okinawa, Costa Rica, and Loma Linda in California. And even though these are all very culturally diverse, they do have common threads, and their common threads are things like the plant-based diet, exercising um, naturally, and that, um, that I mean you know, walking to work or working in their gardens and walking most places actually. And the most important one I find was that really strong sense of community, which they all seem to have. The inhabitants of this small Greek island live on an average 10 years longer than the rest of Western Europe. Can you talk a little bit about speaking with the locals and how they cook and eat? And what were some takeaways for you? I've spent quite a bit of time in Ikaria. My first visit was in 2017, and I've been going back every year, except for this year, of course. And I've gotten to know quite a few of the locals that have almost become family. And there was a woman um, that lived about two doors down from where I normally would stay. Her name is Madika, and she's 90. And I remember the last time we sat down and had coffee with her when I was there last September, and I did say, you know, Marika, tell me about your day. What is it about your life here? And she said, I get up in the morning. The first thing I do is go out into my garden. I look after my plants. I talk to my flowers. I, you know, water the garden, do everything I need to do. Then it's breakfast, which is normally something simple like some herbal tea, a bit of toast with their beautiful Icarian honey, their local honey, 
which has also um, been quite well known for their medicinal purposes too and their health benefits. And then she said, um, I'll go out to the garden, do my work again out, out there, do a look after the house, and then I'll start on my lunch and start cooking. And they have their main meal of the day around too. And that would always be lots of vegetables, maybe a little bit of meat, maybe a little bit of fish, but mainly plant-based, um, veggie dishes or bean dishes, lots of salads. And then in the afternoons, a rest. And they do take the time. This is the thing that they talk about a lot is make sure you take the time needed to rest. Do not rush through your day. If you need to rest, you take that time. So they always rest in the afternoon. In the evening, she said, it's a, it's a lighter dinner. Um, could be just a bit of yogurt or fruit. But the other thing she said in the evenings, you know, if we see, we might go for a walk. If someone has their light on in their house, we will stop and say hello and walk in and have a bit of a chat, sit with some friends, have a glass of wine maybe, have a chat. So they've got this slow-paced life and those are the things that I've come away with. They're slow-paced. They're always with other people too. You don't find, um, I think was really interesting, you don't find people that are on their own very much or lonely as we have in our modern world. They don't have any old people's homes, for example. They'll be ashamed for them to put their old people in a home. Everyone sort of lives together. They look after each other. Um, the older people, the grandparents and the older people, that the ones with the wisdom and the ones they, they do look to quite a lot for everything. So I think for me, I took away the that slow pace, that sense of community, that looking after each other. They do actually have a genuine care for the people in their village and everyone on the island. I'm curious about two things you just brought up, the local herbal tea and the honey. Um, mm. Can you talk a little bit about Liza, the beekeeper, after you talk about the local herbal tea? Okay, when, when I was um, in Nass, which is the place I normally would stay with, Thea and Ilya, they did say to me, you must go visit Liza. She's the beekeeper um, not far from, from Nass and she's got a beautiful honey farm. So we did. We went up and um, we knocked on her door basically and she opened with her open arms and she was um, with very little notice. She was very happy to show us around and we sat and tasted some of her honey. But one of the most exciting um, experiences there, quite a highlight, was when she took us out to the bees and smoked the bees and she actually put her hand inside and, and removed some in her hand. And when she was holding them, I did ask her, you know, what does that feel like? And she said, it actually feels like holding soft cotton. She was very passionate about her bees. She talked about them, they were her family. She um, very knowledgeable in, in beekeeping and her honey, and she talked about the different honeys that they've got there and the different varieties. The thyme honey, I think, was my favourite. There's got a lot of seasonal honeys as well, but um, all delicious in their own way. And she said, you know, a teaspoon of honey every day, that's her little secret, I suppose, that as you will live to 100. But they were beautiful. And she was an incredible, incredible, passionate woman about her honey and, like I said, treated her bees like family. I would love to hear about how you gathered the recipes for this cookbook. I've been to Ikaria now three times. So while I was there, I was cooking in the inn many times. I'd go in and just peek in the morning and see she needed, what she was doing and would go foraging, would go to farms. And I got to know quite a few of the locals there. And we always would sit and talk about food over a coffee or a piece of cake. And they were all very generous and talking about what they make and how they eat. And would always invite me to their home, please come and have lunch. And we would. We'd, I'd go and we'd sit and we'd talk and many times we'd cook together. So over the last 
four years probably I've been sort of yeah collecting those recipes but also seeing how they did things and and put those recipes together it's been quite interesting and also I just love the way the stories behind the recipes as well when they talk about the food they make and and why they do certain things you know Beans, for example, are a big part of their diet, whether it's um, black-eyed beans or chickpeas, that kind of thing. And they do have them a lot. And there was one lady who was saying to me, when we have our beans, we always serve with pickles on the side. And I said, oh, yeah, is there a particular reason for that, apart from that they taste good together? So when we serve our bean dishes, whether it's a salad or a stew casserole, we always serve some pickles on the side, whether it's um, a pickled zucchini or a mushroom or um, whatever that might be, or cabbage or whatever. And that's because apart from the fact that they taste good together, they actually it helps them with the digestion of the beans. So that was interesting to hear too because obviously all the recipes in the book, everything's meant to go together. It's, a, it's about sharing, a big sharing table. So, you know, it's about picking recipes out of the book that you like and putting them on a big table and just sharing it. And the pickles go with the bean dishes. A lot of the um, – sides like your tzatziki or tarama or um, other sides I have there will go really well with the vegetable dishes like fried zucchini, tzatziki. So it wouldn't be just a dish in front of you that you would eat individually. You would share a lot of these dishes. So I love the way they do that too and the different breads they make and the way they make their filo, which is different to the way my mother used to make it because my mum came from northern Greece and she made her filo quite different to the ladies, what they do in Ikari. And I find that really interesting as well because even though most people would know a filo pie and a spanakopita, that which is quite well known um, but every place in Greece makes it their own unique way they have their own techniques and I find that interesting I love learning about that and listening to the stories that are behind those dishes. What are a few things you can always find on the Icarian table? You will always find the Icarian table bowls of salads, um, fresh bread, beautiful fresh um, local cheese, which they make, their goat's cheese. You would always find some of their local wine. There's always um, the bean dishes, the salads, like I said, the vegetable dishes, the cheeses, pickles, olives, the local olive oil as well. Um, very healthy kind of food, obviously, and everything is um, designed to be eaten together on the big sharing table. The other day I made your recipe for collard greens with potatoes on page 69. Can you describe this recipe and can you say it in Greek for me? Because I'm not even going to (laughs) try. Okay. (laughs) The prasino collare me patates. That's just a very rustic dish. Um, not only simple, but really, really healthy and nutritious. It's um, the collard greens, potatoes, a little stew. And if you don't have a particular ingredient, you could use other ingredients as well. I love this. We've simply served with some olives and cheese and some fresh bread. It is a meal on its own. Or you can have it as a side if you want, you know, with a bit of grilled fish or some meat. But on its own, it's just um, delightful. It's just simple. And I remember saying a little while ago to someone, oh, they're really, really simple dishes. And they said, well, there's complexity in simplicity. So it might be simple, but it's very, very good as well. So using the best seasonal ingredients you can get when they taste the best, of course, that's, I think, the key to any of these dishes in the book. So I wanted to ask one more question about the people. They're so sharp and they're living such long, healthy lives. Do you think there's a genetic component to this mystery or or do you think it's just all lifestyle? I'm not 
sure about the genetic component to be quite honest, Susie. I think really it is lifestyle. I really do. Ikadia is a textbook example of the Mediterranean diet, but in a holistic sense. It's the food they eat, not just what they eat, but how they eat it. And by that, I mean by sitting down at the table and sharing that food with family and friends, that strong sense of connection of um, community and sense of purpose and having people around. I think those are the things that contribute to their longevity. They did talk about technology and um, she said, yes, you know, we have mobile phones here, of course, there's internet, just like everybody else, you know, we have all that, but we use it in a different way. We're not a and our teenagers aren't glued to their mobile phone devices or they spend a lot of time outside, you know, whether it's gardening or just outdoor activities. I really believe it's their lifestyle, their philosophy of life. They also are very famous for their Panahiri, which is a festival, and they have these Panahiris quite often from about March to about October, and everyone in the island or most people in the island will gather in a village and they'll have roasted goat on, you know, wrapped in paper. They come to the table. You have your salads. You have your local wine. They drink. They have a band. Everyone's dancing from about 9 p.m. till about 9 a.m. next morning, singing. They have a lovely time. But the the main thing about these panahitis and the thing that really struck out the most, apart from having a fantastic night and a lot of fun and energy out there, is that all the money raised in these festivals goes to a common cause on the island. So if any family might need some medical um, help or to get to the mainland or a school might need some repairing or some rosette repairing, all the money goes to that cause. So, again, it's that sense of community and it's illustrated every single day that I saw that I saw people helping each other. And I remember something that Marika had said to me, the 90-year-old lady, she said, Manny, you need to be where your heart is full. And that really was um, something I think about quite a lot. And she was an amazing person and full of energy at her age. And she always would say to me, don't ever stop smiling and be where your heart is full. And I think that kind of says it all about Ikadia, that slow pace, that community, that eating fresh seasonal food, the joy they find in the little simple things in life. That's what it's all about. So that's their magic and their soul. Now to my segment called Last Night's Dinner, where I ask you what you had last night for dinner. Last night's dinner was a simple Greek salad. I had some beautiful tomatoes that I bought from the market. So it was just tomatoes, cucumber. I had some lovely feta cheese that I put in and I just had some fresh bread I had bought yesterday morning. So from a bakery that I love, and it was a very, very simple dinner last night, just a Greek salad. So it's my go-to. Where can we find you on the web and social media? My website is manyvale.com.au, and you can find me on Instagram, many.vale. You can find me there. You need to be where your heart is full. Definitely sums it up. Thank you so much, Many, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thank you so much. Lovely chatting with you, Susie. Subscribe over on cookerybythebook.com. And thanks for listening to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book.